Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV. Today we're continuing on in our message series called Summer in the Psalms. And we're going to look at Psalms of Remembrance today. And these Psalms of Remembrance, they call us to take a step back and look at the big picture of what God is doing throughout history. And before we get into that this morning, I want to take a step back and look at the big picture of what we've been learning throughout the Psalms in this series. In the first message, we looked at hymn Psalms. And this is where we sing praises to God for different reasons. Then we looked at Psalms of Wisdom. God shows us how to live life wisely in those. Psalms of Thanksgiving, we thank God for what he's doing. Psalms of Confidence, it's where we, we put our trust in God and him alone. Prophetic Psalms, they, they're where God is speaking to his people with instructions or telling them of the coming Messiah. And then Psalms of Lament, where we communicate our deep anguish to God and turn to him in faith. The prayer book of Psalms, it is leading us to be dependent upon God in all situations. Psalms tells us if you're experiencing blessings in life, turn to God in praise and thank him. If you're facing a challenging situation, put your confidence in him. He will come through. Life's cruising along. Make wise choices. Listen to God and put it into practice. If you're experiencing hardship or tragedy, express your anguish to God and turn to him in faith. All of these psalms are teaching us how to rely on God in the good times and in the bad and in everything in between. And we need to remember this because it's so easy to forget God. Do any of these scenarios sound familiar? We're experiencing blessing in life. We think of all the hard work and all the different things, the decisions that we made to make that blessing come about. Or we face a challenging situation and we look for a person that can make that challenge go away. Or we start to scheme and, and fix the situation ourselves. Or life's cruising along and we just start to not read our Bible as much or pray as much because things just seem to be going pretty good on our own. I know I have done this in the past. I've been like those different scenarios for getting to rely on God or thank him for what he has done in my life. And when I stop relying on God like I should, eventually the joy in my life starts to dry up and I start to feel this pressure. Now, we can have pressure from a lot of different sources in life. But the type of pressure that I feel, it's this self-imposed pressure that comes because I'm relying on myself instead of God. Instead of relying on God to provide, it was my effort that brought about that blessing. So I have to do the same thing again or, or more to bring about what I want. And I eventually hit my limit of what I can do on my own. Reliance on God relieves the pressure. Yes, I need to work hard, but like the Bible tells us to, but it is God who promises to provide for my family as I put his kingdom first. There is a pressure to make wise decisions in life. But with God's help from his people in the Bible, he'll lead me to the right decision. 
Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it, it describes the fruit that comes when someone relies on God by walking in the Spirit. Take a look at what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Who wants more of that in their life? Joy, peace, faithfulness, love? Sign me up for that. All of these fruits of the Spirit, they produce the life that we really want. In the prayer book for God's people found in Psalms, it tells us to stay reliant on God. And as we do that, the fruits that come out are going to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all these good things. Today we're going to look at Psalm 136. And Psalm 136, it instructs us to remember the big picture of what God is doing throughout history. One of the elements of this psalm that makes it unique is it's an antiphonal hymn, which means it's a psalm, it's an anthem, it's a verse that's sung responsively. So back in the Old Testament, a temple soloist or choir would sing the first line of the verse, and then the congregation would uh, say the second line in response. And the the response the congregation was saying in this psalm is that God's steadfast love endures forever. So imagine how it would go as we read this first part of, of Psalm 136. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. And this response, it happens 26 times. Every verse of Psalm 136 says, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when something repeats like that in the Bible, it's really important. It's calling our attention to it. And so what is this steadfast love? Well, the steadfast love, another translation could be loving kindness or loyal love, unwavering love. It's a love that never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it endures forever. A show that I like to watch is Shark Tank. And This is a show where people come on and they present their business ideas to a bunch of sharks. These are billionaires who they're trying to get to invest in their company. And there's one shark on there who he is always trying to get a royalty deal out of his investments where he'd get like a dollar for every unit that is sold. And the word that he uses on his royalties is in perpetuity which means ongoing, it never ends. It's forever. God's love is steadfast and in perpetuity. It goes on and on and never ends. And that is the response that the congregation would say in this psalm. And so we see in this first section that we are called to praise God. For his loyal, unwavering, kind, merciful, steadfast love that endures 
forever. It goes on and on and on. And I love the punctuation flex that we see in verses 2 and 3. It says, give thanks to the God of gods, capital G God, of lowercase g gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the capital L Lord of the lowercase l lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. That's a punctuation flex because we see God, capital G God, is who we're to give thanks to. And capital L Lord is who we praise. This is highlighting there's one true God. He is over all the little g gods and lords. One of the little g gods during this time would have been Baal. He was uh, supposedly a fertility god who would, um, the people would make sacrifices to and praise so that he would um, make the crops grow well and women bear children. They would worship these little g gods by making idols out of gold and then worshiping them in barbaric ways. Baal, they worshiped with human sacrifice, prostitution, and in other ways. Now, we're not going to offer human sacrifices to appease some false god. But there are ways that we get into worshiping idols. They would try to appease Baal so that they would grow crops for provision and enrichment. So we can translate that in today's time. We might put such a high value on our career that we end up sacrificing our family so that we can climb the corporate ladder to get what we want. Or we could make our family an idol in such a way that we sacrifice other relationships or We don't put in the effort we need to in our career. These small gods that we can pursue, they remind me of this scene in the Avengers. And the scene is where Loki, who is a a god, little g god, he's facing off against the Hulk. And he's telling the Hulk, you can't do anything to me because I'm a god. And the Hulk picks him up and slams him over and over again like a rag doll. And at the end, he's walking away and he says, puny God. We don't want to give our lives to puny gods, to the lowercase g gods. They're going to destroy us like the Hulk did to Loki. This is telling us, give thanks to the capital G God, the capital L Lord, because his steadfast love endures forever. It goes on and on. It's always there. We can always turn back to it. Even if we do go after a little G God and it lets us down, we can turn back to God. God wants us to turn back to him. And so what we see in this first section is God's steadfast love endures forever. And we need to praise the one true God. And that's what the rest of Psalm 136 is about. And it tells Christ followers to remember God's steadfast love in his creation. 
Read this with me. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. To the sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is calling God's people to remember God is the creator. This is something that we need to do often. I confess, I do not do this often enough. It usually takes me seeing something unique to to remember, to praise God for his creation that we have here on earth. Take a look at this picture from earlier in the year. What a view of the mountains when the smog clears. You can see the beauty of the mountains that we have here. We were driving north on Haven, and I was remembering God as the creator. And when we do remember God as creator, what happens is it lifts our eyes up. It lifts our perspective up. The busyness of life, it starts to fade away and we can get a clear view of what's really important in life. It reminds us that God is the Lord, capital L, of lords. He's the God over the puny gods. And it calls us to worship him and live life his way, focusing on what's really important in life. It also reminds us of God's power and his wisdom, that God is in charge of creation and he can do anything. And he will help us with whatever we're facing. Remembering the big picture of what God has done through creation, it lifts our sights above the cares of this life. It helps us to remember the good life comes from relying on the creator. And as we do that, we're going to experience the good fruit of joy, peace, faithfulness, and all the things we saw in Galatians 5. There's more for us to remember that Psalm 136 talks about. The psalmist goes on to describe how Israel's history shows that God's steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 136, 10 through 22 says, To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. For his steadfast love endures forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings. For his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings. For his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon. King of the Amorites, 
for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his steadfast love endures forever. A heritage to Israel his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is a rehearsal of what God did for the Israelites to get them out of, out of slavery in Egypt and to the edge of the promised land. They're praising God for his steadfast love throughout history, throughout it all. And this highlights the importance of remembering what God has done throughout history. Let's focus in on verses 15, 16, and 17. The Psalm's giving this broad overview of what God did during that time, but we can dive down into the details a little more by bringing in some other passages from the Bible. God's steadfast love is seen through overthrowing Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. In Exodus 14, we get a picture of what this looked like. God miraculously led his people out of Egypt, out of slavery. He parted the sea. The Israelites walked through on dry land, and then Pharaoh and his men tried to follow and they got engulfed by the sea. What, what an amazing story of God's steadfast love to his people. And then we see that God's steadfast love continued by leading his people through the wilderness, even after they rejected him. Deuteronomy 2 is a summary of this. And we know that God's people went into the wilderness because what happened was God told spies to go check out the land of Canaan, and it was a fertile land. The spies came back and said, it's a fertile land. It was the promised land that God said you're going to get. But the spies came back, and they gave a report in such a way that it caused the people to grumble against Moses and against God. They didn't think that they would be able to beat the armies of the land, or the fortified cities of the land. And because of that, they got sent into the wilderness. How quickly we forget, right? God just led them across dry land with walls of water on both sides. And they forgot what God the Creator, God who had taken care of them, just recently, they forgot about that. And they wouldn't, they, they didn't trust him to be able to get them into the promised land. So they end up in the wilderness. But God continues to be faithful to them, to provide for them in the wilderness. And his steadfast love endured forever. And then we see that God's steadfast love continued for the Israelites by striking down kings on their way into the promised land. Deuteronomy 2.26 and 3.22 talks about King Sihon and, and Og. And what happened with King Sihon is the Israelites were, were going through the land and Moses sent some, some men to go and ask if they could pass through peacefully. And he said no. And he sent out an army and, and God allowed the Israelites to have victory over this army, and they took, they took their land. 
God gave it to them as a heritage. And then, same thing with Og. They overtook that land as well, and God gave it to them as a heritage. When, when God's people remember that God is the God of gods, he comes through for them. He's faithful to what he said will be. But when we reject him, we go our own way. We start to put our trust in the little g-gods or the little idols or we go after things that we want rather than what God wants for us. Trouble ensues. We forget about how God has taken care of us in the past. And when we forget about God, judgment ensues. You can read through First and Second Kings, and there's a phrase that keeps coming up to describe the different kings. And they, they either did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, or they did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The kings that did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, they, they, their people were blessed by what they did, and the nation did well. Those that did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, their nation was not blessed. And they entered into judgment, like the Israelites, wandering the, the wilderness. There's some parallels to the Israelites and America today. Our nation has forgotten God in a lot of ways. The culture has forgotten God in areas like sanctity of human life. God made people. They're valuable because they're made in the image of God. Our culture's forgotten God and issues like sexuality and gender. Some cities have even stopped prosecuting theft. And it's out of control. Companies are having to leave or box or lock up all of their product to be, be able to, to stay there. So what do we do about that? Well, we need to remember what God has done for our country and praise Him for it. And then try to influence our culture to live God's way. It's when we do what is right in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the Lord, capital L, that we will be blessed. Our communities will be blessed. Our country will be blessed. But when we turn away from God, judgment is coming. And we've seen that in our nation over the last few years if not more. But even in the judgment, just like with the Israelites in the wilderness, God's steadfast love endures forever to his people who turn to him, who remember him. Now, if you're like me and went to public school, <laughs> then God was mostly extracted from history. So I want to encourage you. I've had to relearn some American history, and I'm still relearning how God was involved in the founding of our country and, and in the, the history of it. Here's a couple of books that might be helpful for you. And they're, they really explain a lot about our founding and how God was in it. The first one is God's Hand on America by Michael Medved. And in this, he tells some stories of just it had to be God working in the beginning of our country for it to happen the way it happened. And then there's America's Christian History by Gary DeMar really explains how 
Um, a lot of the men in the founding of our country were Christians, and they, they used the Bible as um, a guide for the beginning of the country. I haven't read it in either of these books, but Pastor Matt told me they're great, and I they're on my list now to read. We can follow the example set in Psalm 136 of remembering what God has done and thanking him for it. And then let's not forget what he has done and live life his way, relying on him and influencing our culture for his glory. And another way for us to remember God's steadfast love is through his provision for his people. Psalm 136, 23 through 25 says, It is he who remembered us in our lowest state, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 136 is giving us the big picture of God's steadfast love. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the creator. His purposes endure through history. And he is the one that provides for us. His steadfast love endures forever. And it's when we we don't recognize this that we start to become arrogant. And the good fruit that comes from walking with God in the spirit, it dries up. And we start to experience the consequences of going our own way. So we want to remember what the psalmist is telling us. And we need to thank the God of gods for his steadfast love. Like it says in Psalm 136, 26, give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Thanking God for how he has taken care of his people from creation to now, it gives us confidence towards the future. I want to encourage you to think through different ways of your personal life and thank God for what he has done. Think through your family history. Does your family have a Christian heritage? Thank God for it. Maybe you're one of the first people in your family to Commit their life to Christ. Thank God for that. Ask him to help you to be a blessing to future generations, whether it's in your family line or here at, at CIV through others. Another category to think in is American history. Read those books that we discussed earlier. Thank God for how he has worked in, in our country's founding. And then there's church history as well. Thank God for how he's moved through history and the faith that has been passed down from church to church all the way from right after Jesus died to today. Pretty amazing when you think about it. And one of the things that I want to lead us in is to thank God for his steadfast love to our church, specifically over the last five years. Five years ago in 2018, Church in the Valley moved to Ontario. It's a picture of our grand opening uh, flyer. It was a lot of work for CIV to move. A lot of families moved into the 
area as well. The setup and the teardown at the junior high was a lot more than we were used to, but God worked through our time at Woodcrest. and People came to know him and were baptized. Take a look at this picture. Later in 2018, Church in the Valley sent a launch team to start Ridgeview Church in Fontana. And God's steadfast love was shown to those at CIV as people stepped up to fill in roles that the launch team was serving in. And Ridgeview Church helped people to come to know Christ. Here's a recent photo of their worship service and the people that are getting to hear about Jesus every week because of that launch team. Then COVID happened in 2020. We couldn't meet in Woodcrest Junior High anymore. So we started watch parties at homes while we did online church. And we prayed for God to provide a place for us to meet. And a while, after a while, God provided a place for us to do worship nights on Saturday nights at the Bridge Church. Here's a picture. And then he provided a celebration park to meet in. And people were coming to, new people were coming around CIV. And God's love was steadfast. Kids and adults continued to make Jesus the Lord of their life and they were baptized. Here's a picture. And we prayed and asked God to provide us a place to meet indoors, out of the elements, the 100-degree weather. And the city let us know, hey, you guys got to move out of Celebration Park in December and January because we're going to be renovating the grass. And the month we needed a place to meet, the church that had been meeting in this building, they moved out. And we were able to move right in. And God provided the resources to be able to renovate the building. And God's steadfast love endured to be able to renovate it. And more people continued to come to know Christ. Here's a picture from our latest baptism. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let's thank God for his work at CIV and ask for his help to put Psalm 136 into practice. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that your love endures forever. And it's there. It's ongoing and even when we mess up and go our own way, your love is the same. And we can turn back to you and get in line and live life your way, experience life the way you want us to, and have the fruit that comes from walking in the Spirit. Lord, help us to do that. We thank you for how you have just continued to lead Church in the Valley. We thank you for what you have done in our entire history, but the last five years especially as we've looked at that this morning. We thank you for that. Help us to, to put this psalm of remembrance into practice, to remember you as the creator and what you've done in history, in our own lives and, and broader, and for how you provide for us, Lord. Help us to, to spend some time thinking about that this morning. Thank you for how you love us, how you take care of us. And we look forward to seeing how you will do that in the future. In Jesus' name, amen.